For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special overtime edition of the Stadium Journey podcast. I'm Paul Baker. I am the New England Regional Correspondent for Stadium Journey. You can follow me online at RI. I'm joined today by our Ontario Regional Correspondent, Dave Cotney. Dave, where can we find you online? Follow me at Profan9 on Twitter. And we're also joined by our Indiana Regional Correspondent. Is that your title, Mark? I think it's Ohio Valley, but... Ohio Valley? I, I don't know. What, what is the Ohio Valley? Seems to I don't know. Is, up. is Indiana part of the Ohio Valley? <laughs> I don't. That's a good question. I think of the. I think Wheeling, West Virginia, is the Ohio Valley, yeah. but I, well, yeah, Indiana. I cover everything here. Anyway, you're with us again tonight. Where can we follow you online? N- nowhere. I don't like the internet. No, I'm just kidding. Ballpark Hunter across all platforms, including uh, something called YouTube. I, I have a page, so check that out and subscribe. You're in the right place if you don't like the internet. All right, and if you like what you see here on this podcast. Be sure to check out the global leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan. That's stadiumjourney.com. If you go there, you'll find over 2,500 stadium reviews, features, nude, I- news, nude items. No, nude, you won't find nudes? news items, he wanted to say. If you want nude items, that's a different website. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and, uh, they do better. <laughs> they get a lot more traffic okay. than we do. That's for damn well, sure. Well, they have Jada Fire as one of their – okay, never mind. Go ahead. And you can follow us on social media. We're on all the places. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Like, follow us, share with your friends, tell your friends about us. We want everybody to know about the great work we do. So the reason we're here tonight on this special – overtime edition, is if you've been paying attention this past week, you will know that our writers have been sharing their own personal top five Major League Baseball ballpark list. We've been keeping score, and tonight we're going to recap the week's activity for you here. So what I've been doing is taking the top five lists, giving them point values, five, four, three, two, one, and we have compiled the top ten stadium journey Major League ballparks. And here we go. We're going to start right off. We're going to get into it. Actually, before we get into the top 10, I'll let you know. We had a lot of variety in these lists. 18 of the 30 Major League ballparks were represented in wow. our four, our 14 writers who contributed. So 12 so, must be terrible. Yeah, that means 12 really <laughs> suck. No, actually, you know what? A couple of the ones that didn't get mentioned or might be surprising. Cleveland was not mentioned on anybody's list. 
boy, Cleveland. We're just dumping on Cleveland. First, we're taking away Chief Wahoo. Then we're taking away the name. Now they're not even in the top ten. They're not. They weren't uh, even in the top eighteen. So interesting. So, all right. So let's get into our mm-hmm. top ten. So coming in at number ten with uh, eight points, it was mentioned on three ballots, and this one even got a first place ballot. Um, the Minnesota Twins. Oh yes. Target Field. Minnesota Twins. I love it. I love it. I don't know about you guys, but I've been out there twice the last four years, and it's just such a cool cool ballpark. And probably it's the one major league ballpark, other than there's maybe Cincinnati and the White Sox, that's kind of in my mind. You know, some of these other ballparks that are on the list, I haven't been to in a while. But Target Field's fresh in my head. Uh, It's such a a fan-friendly, social gathering, beautiful views, easy to get to, perfectly located. Uh, just a cool place to be. I, I've read people that have either liked it or hate it. It's never sort of in the middle. It's either top half or bottom half, but I'm one of those guys that, that thinks it's among the best, and it made my top five. You, Dave? It uh, didn't make my top five. I think it's I think it's uh, it's at the back end of the, of the group, right, like timing-wise. So, it, I mean, it is probably – is it the newest? It's really close to the newest. I guess Texas. I don't think anybody voted for Texas because I don't think anybody's actually been there yet. Um, I think one of our writers has been there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's. I, I mean, it's. It's probably in, for me. It's in that big pack, kind of just underneath the top echelon. Um, for me, it did make my top five list, and you know, for a lot of the reasons Mark said, uh, it was. It's different looking. It's not your green seats and red brick which really I, I liked it because it makes it stand out a little bit. I would not want to go to Target Field in April, but you know what? On a nice no. July or August night, Minnesota is a great place to be. And downtown Minneapolis is a lot of fun. So that yeah, was number 2010 10. it was built, 2010. So it's a little over a decade. Uh, Plus great so, food, great yeah. food variety there. You can even get a Juicy Lucy if that's what you're going for. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's number 10, Target Field. Number nine, Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City Royals. Came in with nine points, was listed on three of our writers' ballots. That one made my list. Uh, actually, you know what? It's the only American League park that made my top five. It, to me, it's really it's a unique spot. Um, it's it's in the middle in that you, know, you got Wrigley Fenway that are really, really, really old, Dodger Stadium. Then you got Kauffman Stadium, which is probably the only one of its era that was built for baseball and only baseball. And then you got – all your kind of newer ones. So love. I actually I love the fountains. I know Paul, you don't like the location. I actually like the location because I like to drive and know where the parking is. Um, and they've got uh, a little bit more of a tailgating sort of scenario than a lot of other spots. Yeah, it didn't make my top five list either. But if I had to do a top ten, it probably would fit somewhere on there. I was there before the uh, renovations and after the renovations, and it's it's a nice ballpark, and I can agree with that being in the top ten. I can understand. Yeah, it's one of your ballparks that's built off the interstate. It shares a complex with uh, Arrowhead Stadium or whatever it's called now, and I've been there when the place was packed, and I've been there when there was like a lukewarm attendance, but great food, love the Hall of Fame area outside of right back at center field. There's an excellent kid zone uh, for the little ones. And it's always been a ballpark from day one in an era where people were building multi-purpose stadiums. But now it's 
now it's it's was the right decision to make back, I think, in 1973 when they built it. So great-looking ballpark, uh, wonderful views, great food, love the uh, Chevron, I believe, shaped, or is it a Pentagon-shaped uh, scoreboard that resembles the Royals logo? It, it stands out. It's a ballpark where it doesn't look like any other ballpark you've been to. So, yes, definitely I agree with that. Good choice. Absolutely. I know growing up in the 70s, when the Red, watching the Red Sox on TV, when they would go to Kansas City, the announcers would just marvel at how beautiful the ballpark yeah. is with that big scoreboard and with the fountains and everything. And I was really looking forward to visiting it. And when I did, it did not disappoint. It fell just outside of my personal top five. But like you said, Mark, if we were doing a top ten, oh, yeah. it, would, it would absolutely yeah. be in there. So, yeah, that was number nine, Coffin Stadium. Coming in at number eight, this one might be a surprise to a lot of people um, that it was this low. Camden Yards. Baltimore Orioles came in at number eight, <laughs> got nine points. It was mentioned on four four different ballots. Yeah, once, think, once again, okay, go ahead, Dave. I think this is this is only not in the top group because uh, Richard decided not to use modern ballparks and use all old, long gone ballparks. And there's the biggest fan of Camden Yards right there. Yeah, I'm surprised Camden Yards wasn't like number one, two, three, four, and five for Richard, but. Uh, yeah, once again, uh, the originator, if you have before Camden and after Camden. So anything built after 1992 is going to look something like Camden or the same concept, uh, maybe not exactly the same. It would be my top ten. Yeah, You have to give some respect to Camden Yards for what they did to not only Major League Baseball stadiums, but to what minor league baseball stadiums and maybe even some NFL stadiums and college football stadiums are like. So, Definitely uh, one of those ballparks that was a trendsetter. Still a great place to see a game. They just need a better team. When that team is winning and that place is packed, uh, you'll see that place uh, probably rank a little bit higher among fans and, and riders at Stadium Journey. Well, this did rank up near the top of my own personal list. And, uh, yeah, like you said, guys, it's the one that changed the game. All, all the parks that came after it kind of tried to emulate it in some way either through the uh, the old time, you know, coined the term retro ballpark. Yeah, it was coined so. by Camden Yards and the location downtown, incorporating existing buildings, working it into the neighborhood. It, it had it all. And even though it's now, what, 30 years old? Yeah, over 30 years old. almost, yeah. Yeah, almost 30 years 30. old. It still holds up, and it's still a fantastic place to go catch a game. So maybe it's surprising that it was – this low, but also is still in our top ten. So Camden Yards at number eight. At number seven, Coors Field, Colorado Rockies. Uh, received nine points and was mentioned on five ballots. Well, it's been a while since I've been there, and I know they've made some changes. Uh, when I attended a game, I had actually flown out to Denver just to see Coors Field. If I had just spent one night in Denver and flew back, that's kind of what I wanted to do. Uh, great ballpark. Uh, I remember there was some good food, good food options. Uh, great atmosphere. You're watching baseball during the summer at a very picturesque little area of town. Uh, however, it's been a while since I've been there. It's been over. Well, it's been about ten years. So I know there's been a lot of better changes there. And I don't know if any of you guys have been there this last decade, but perhaps you could tell me more since it's been a while for me. Uh, it made my top five. It's uh, I like the location. Uh, downtown Denver is is pretty underrated. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, just a lot of it just a 
had a really good feel to it. Uh, good atmosphere. I was there. The, the Rockies were pretty good at that point. Uh, a couple of little things. They were one of the places that took like the worst seats in the whole joint and turned them into a standing room bar, mark the millennial kind of area, and and it took off. Uh, and then just even something simple like that purple row of seats, which is exactly a mile high above sea level. I mean, a little thing like that is just really cool. Yeah, it, like you said, Dave, got, it's got a great neighborhood. Downtown Denver around the ballpark is fantastic. Uh, Mark, to answer your question about the last decade, I think I was there two years ago. They oh, really wow. made some new social gathering areas where you can watch the game from non-traditional places. Instead of sitting in your seat and watching the game, you can mingle at bars that overlook the field, stuff like that. And uh, you've got some spectacular sunsets there, of course. Yeah. Over the well, place. it's getting to the point now where I have to go back to some of these ballparks to check them out again. And definitely Colorado, Cleveland would be another one, uh, just to see what how the experience is, because that would probably change how I vote as well in the future. So, yeah, a lot – just because you're a newer ballpark doesn't mean that they are making some changes in renovations. So, good to see that happening. And it might be surprising to know that Coors Field is the third oldest ballpark in the National League. Ooh, third oldest. Well, yeah, yeah you got to keep up to date. Yep. So, on our list, they came in at number seven, Coors Field. At number six, T-Mobile Stadium. Or T-Mobile Park, I'm sorry. Uh, Seattle Mariners, 10 points. So it was only mentioned on three ballots. So the people who mentioned T-Mobile really liked it. You know, that that might be a case of it just being on um, people's lists. Like the, the writers just haven't had a chance to get there yet. I think that's probably – there's a lot of people like that. Because it is in Seattle. It is it is pretty um, off the beaten path. Uh where it's not in that Midwest cluster, in that East Coast cluster. So you really have to make an effort to get to Seattle. But I, I really like Seattle. Didn't make my top five. Um, it, might be, it might be one of the best uh, covered stadiums, right? It has, it has a canopy, uh, which is absolutely necessary in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I, I took a tour of, of a – of the stadium many years ago. I saw a game there back in 2004, I believe, and I've been to Seattle a few more times since, and I've been to the stadium. I didn't see a game. Uh, but, yeah, you're in Seattle, one of my favorite cities in this beautiful country we call the United States. I never fell in love with the ballpark. I thought it was okay. I was like, okay, this is kind of neat. You know, it's didn't really kind of strike my fancy compared to some other ballparks. But it may or may not have made my top ten if I really had to think about it. I, I can see the allure and the attraction. And once again, I'm sure there's some changes there that have been made since my last visit. I've never been to Seattle. Well, actually, I lived in Seattle when I was two. But I've never been to T-Mobile Park. So wow, I didn't know that. Obviously did not make my list. So uh, it did come in even though it only received uh, was only mentioned on three ballots. Still came in at sixth place. So, now into the top five. Coming in at number five, received 11 points, was mentioned on six of the 13 ballots. Uh, the San Diego Padres, Petco Park. Mm. I like Petco a lot, and I was there when it first opened. 
But it's one of those stadiums you always hear about. You see the renovations. You see that park in the park. You see the addition of uh, like kind of like a sand beach area. Had a buddy of mine just uh, moved back from San Diego. He was constantly at the ballpark posting pictures. So I kind of feel like I know this ballpark a little bit better. Uh, it made my top five. I think it was number four on the list. That looks like a fun place to be. The team is winning. They got Tatis Jr. They got some exciting uh, young guns on that club. And uh, that that's going to be, if that team decides to start winning and challenging for some pennants, that's going to be a, a fabulous place to visit the next uh, few years. Yeah, I uh, echo just about everything you said, Mark. I, I really enjoyed Petco, uh, local materials. Petco's yeah. the one spot. I mean, it did kind of take from Camden, but Petco took it the, to the next step where they had that building that that uh, it's the Western Metal Supply Building in San Diego, yeah. and it's actually incorporated really in the ballpark. Right. Whereas the warehouse uh, in Baltimore is is kind of just beyond. Yeah, it's a backdrop. Yeah, but but. But the Western Metal Supply Company building is is right in there. Uh, you can you can um, you know host an event like a luxury box kind of thing in there if you wanted to do something like that. So that's uh, that's uh, pretty cool. And then the park in the park thing is absolutely mm-hmm. um, uh, amazing, and it, and it brings a huge community feel even when there's no game going on. No, you're absolutely right. Yep. I have not been to Petco Park, so uh, I couldn't comment, but. Uh, everything I've heard about the place that absolutely deserves to be in our top five. It came in at number four. Uh, at number five, I'm sorry. Coming in at number four, getting ahead of myself, Wrigley Field, Chicago Cubs. So this one, very polarizing. It was only mentioned on four ballots, but it got two first-place votes, and it received 15 points overall. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, Wrigley Field would make my top ten. It probably would have been number six on my list. I'm a little biased towards the south side, but uh, yeah, Wrigley. I, come on, what, what can you say? Wrigley Field is probably the only ballpark you can take a non-baseball. Maybe not the only one, but one of the ballparks you can take a non-baseball fan to, and they'll have a great time. It's it's a neighborhood where young people that are just out of college want to live and party. It is baseball the way it used to be. It's smack down in the middle of a neighborhood that is full of life before and after. There's not quite another type of atmosphere like that with some of these newer ballparks. They try to emulate it, uh, but it just hasn't. It just doesn't feel as uh, organic as what has happened at Wrigley Field. And you know, then you got the ivy-covered walls. You have the scoreboard. You have the seventh inning stretch uh, tradition. Yeah, it's a great ballpark. I'm not a Cubs fan. Don't root for them, but I can see the attraction. It's a tourist attraction. It's one of the few ballparks that, you know, hey, if you're from out of town or even out of the country, you know, you want to check a game out there just to say you've been there. So, yeah, I can definitely see that on a list of top yeah, five. I, I don't – I didn't have it on my list. It definitely would not make my top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest drawback for me – at Wrigley is a huge drawback, which which really makes it tumble down the list, and that is it's really difficult uh, and challenging to find yeah. the best seat. Oh, okay. so the the fear of of buying a ticket if you're not a local. I mean, if you're a local and you know Wrigley, I get it. But as a tourist, to buy a ticket and then find out you're you're behind a pole and you've got really terrible sight lines. If the sight lines are bad, I can't get over it. So that's 
that's the big drawback for me is that there are a lot of obstructed views. And uh, the only obstructed views that I like are the videos that we make. <laughs> uh, cross promotion there. Uh, yeah, Wrigley Field did not make my top five. And, of course, Wrigley is always compared to the other ancient ballpark, which is Fenway Park. And I guess as a Boston guy, to me, my visits to Wrigley just have come up short. I've been behind the polls, like you said, Dave. Um, to me, the food at Wrigley just maybe has changed. It's been a little while. Food just didn't compare. Uh, the atmosphere is fantastic. It was I was glad to be there, and I was wandering around and enjoying myself. But also, it really seemed dirty, run down. And, man, those were one of the smelliest bathrooms I've ever been in. When I went there, so Wrigley brought brought my overall Wrigley experience down a notch. So, but still, very much beloved. Had a lot of positives, and our writers seem to think so. It came in at number four, and of course, if Wrigley's at four, you know at number three, Fenway Park. No, Fenway was mentioned on six ballots and received eighteen points overall. So it came in in the bronze medal position. Hmm. Uh, Everything I said about Wrigley, you know, (laughs) say it again about Fenway. Just like change change the names uh difficult and paul you know you're a local you you know the ballpark inside out uh for me it's not a local finding i really stressed about finding a seat that wasn't behind a pole i didn't get behind you mean, a pole you don't like watching a baseball game like this uh no <laughs> <laughs> but i ended up you know i wasn't i wasn't overly happy with the sight lines um that i did have uh again and you know both both Wrigley and Fenway to get those seats where you really know that you're not behind a post, um, really expensive. Yeah, I was there about 20 years ago. I was, I think I was there in 99 before they put the seats on top of the Green Monster. Wow. I would love to go back. I was there with a group of people that were not huge baseball fans, but I said, hey, if I'm in Boston and there's a game, I want to see a Red Sox game. Uh, so they sort of kind of, uh, Kind of ruined my experience a little bit. I just would love to go back. I wasn't overly impre- impressed with where I was. I think we had outfield seats, and I wasn't allowed to go walk to the front area, from what I recall. That's that's a long time ago, yeah. But that used to be. The but case. yeah, I think that was the case. So I, it kind of it, it's kind of soured my experience. But I would like to. I definitely like to go back. Uh, however, if you're going to talk about Wrigley being a tourist place and a must see, if you're visiting, you got to stay the same for Fenway Park. It's uh, one of the uh, gods of uh, ballparks, and Absolutely. rightfully and so. That's also one of the drawbacks to a place like Wrigley or the Fenway is that there's a whole bunch of people there who aren't there for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Fenway's kind of over the years lost a lot of its, if it ever had gritty charm, it, it's losing it as it's become, you know, like it's become gentrified. The neighborhood has lost kind yeah. of its, its Wrigleyness as everything around the ballpark is turning upscale and expensive. So, uh, that wasn't always the case for both Yeah, for, for, a, for a local, I mean, I, I know the spots to go, but, yeah, like Dave said, you hit it right in the head. If you're an out-of-towner, chances are you're going to be paying too much money or sitting behind a pole or just spending a ton to go there. But it still managed to finish in the top three. It finished in third place. So, hmm. top two. We're very we're, – we're uni- I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious. Almost I know unanimous across the board. So coming in at number two, it gained – so Red Sox finished in third with 18 points. Second place garnered 33 points. Whoa! Was what a gap! Was mentioned on nine. Yeah, the first two, like I said, are very, very uh, universally acclaimed. 
was mentioned on nine of the 13 ballots, and that was Oracle Park, San Francisco. All right, there you go. Yeah, what a what an amazing place. Uh, I mean, the backdrop there is 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 phenomenal, and to think it was almost turned 180 degrees, right? Uh, when they originally built it, they or they when they were originally the city, right? planning it, yeah, they wanted to to put it towards the city, but then the university came and did a wind study, which was brilliant because it was such an issue at Candlestick, so that now you got this McCovey Cove, and I, I am number one in the I hate Barry Bonds, you know, fan club. But the number of home runs that have just dipped into the cove, and you see the guys in the dinghies and the kayaks diving after the balls. I mean, that was really, that was really a cool thing. The huge glove, the huge Coke bottle, great food, great views. Uh, it's the only reason, well, two reasons for me, it, would, it made number two on my list. Uh, expensive, mm-hmm. and yes. it's not it, – its proximity to me is not close. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it is a very – I was fortunate. I found free parking uh, on, on the San street. Francisco, wow. Yeah, I, I think it was like after 6 o'clock. I got really lucky because some of those prices were about 35 to $50. I wasn't – well, if I had to, I would have – uh, and it's it's not located off the BART. You can't just get off the BART and walk to the ballpark. But perfect size. It was a party when I was there with the wife. We sat and watched the game from Santa Room only, but we're able to get inside an old trolley car. And apparently you're allowed to bring food to the ballpark because the people that were sitting next to us had a big party tray of chicken and nachos and whatnot from the local Safeway. So it was. It felt like you're at somebody's house watching the game, but you're actually at the ballpark. And I got a cha-cha bowl, which is amazing and delicious. And you're right. Yeah, the tickets were a little bit. The tickets weren't pricey, but you know they were about twenty bucks standard room only. It wasn't the end of the world. Uh, but yeah, perfect, perfect size. You're in San Francisco, one of my favorite cities as well in the United States. And uh, that was during their World Series runs. Uh, that that three three in five or six year span. So it was, it was a big party. It was a big party, and uh, compare that to the uh, a few nights earlier at Oakland, it was night and day. So yeah, one of my favorites. I think that made my I think it made number one on my list. No, it didn't get any so, first place votes. No, oh, then it made number two. Then I think it was number two on a lot of lists. Yeah, it made number two. So yeah, I, I agree with this list. I agree. Um, I have not been to Oracle for a game. I have been there for a tour, so I did not include it on my list, but. Based on what I saw on the tour, I would have easily put it in my top five. It was that fantastic looking of a ballpark. Uh, the smells, even though I went when there was no game, the smells. I, I can just imagine the garlic fries that they're legendary for. And, oh, yeah, garlic and, fries. Uh, about them. And everything about it looked like a fantastic place to catch a game, and I can't wait to get there to, to see one. So that brings us to number one on our list. This ran away with the competition. Mm. It was a landslide. So uh, San Fran – received 33 votes. This ballpark received 52 points. Ooh. 11 ballots mentioned this ballpark, 11 of the 13, and eight people put it as their top ballpark in the major leagues. I'm talking about PNC Park in Pittsburgh, um, home of the Pirates. Not shocking. Not shocking. Uh, yeah, great ballpark. I've been there twice. 
I should go back. I should just go back and take some updated pictures and videos because there is no better view in baseball than uh, the Pittsburgh skyline. And who knew Pittsburgh had such a magnificent skyline in Bridges. Another place with great local food, great beer, cheap prices. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to break the bank going to a, a game in Pittsburgh. And I think that's what catapulted number one over San Francisco was just the pricing. But then again, San Francisco is one of the is a very expensive, probably one of the most expensive cities in the country where Pittsburgh isn't. So um, yeah, and, and Pittsburgh's a great town to be in during the summer as well. Uh, doesn't get a lot of love, uh, but. It's it's a good play. It's a good time there, and and you can tell by the number of people that voted for it. Uh, it's among the favorites of ballpark purists. Well, I'm not going to say too much other than Paul. We should really do an obstructed views on PNC Park. And uh, if you're watching this show, uh, check out obstructed views. We uh, get really in depth into PNC Park. Yeah, number number one on my list uh, by far. I've been there probably ten times. Oh wow! Uh, best best food, great price. Uh, Permanti Brothers. I, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, Permanti Brothers, they, and they closed the locations near me. So <laughs> now now I got to go to Pittsburgh to get a Permanti Brothers. Dang you, Indianapolis market. Okay. And I think this ballpark is the one that started the trend of let's not build the ballpark so big. Then yes. they're all empty. Let's let's make them cozy. Let's fit them into smaller footprints. Let's make them instead of making all the ballparks sixty thousand. Let's make yeah. them. And, Pittsburgh is thirty eight thousand, but most ballparks now are about forty five that are being built. So they're getting cozier. They're getting more intimate. And PNC led that charge. And yeah, I I dare you to be able to take nine innings and focus solely on the game because that backdrop and. Yeah. It's if you gorgeous. wander around, you can see all kinds of different things. And the food is on point. The prices are decent. Um, I mean, it's hard to get to and from a little bit. But you know what? Once you're there, that all goes right out the window. So yeah, it's, it's a worthy. It's like a, yeah, it's like I love Cincinnati, but the ballpark is very blase, blase. It's something exciting. You go to Pittsburgh, you got the view, and that just changes your opinions uh, about everything. And a family can go there and not come home, you know, broke and penniless. Yeah. So I, I think sometimes in baseball, I don't like the prices. I don't like how they're charging an arm and a leg before you even walk into the stadium. Pittsburgh's a good, honest price. Uh, team's not that great, but I'll, I'll take it if it's going to be lower prices. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've been to PNC when it's sold out. I've been to PNC when it's empty, and it's a great ballpark either way. So that's Stadium Journey's list of the top ten Major League Ballparks. Uh, thanks for watching. And to get more in-depth looks at all of the ballparks we've mentioned and all of the ones we didn't mention, go to the website, stadiumjourney.com. And uh, there's so much information there beyond the top ten. So thanks for watching. Uh, for Mark Viquez and for Dave Cotney, I'm Paul Baker. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. 
Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into like snuff film territory there. In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band Shades of Grey playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventsbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Store Jam 2, May 15th at Blu-ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.